Similar to a hairdresser, being in a coffee shop, we actually hear most of the community gossip first. So if you ever want to know who is engaged, who is pregnant, who is getting divorced, who is getting Botox, getting a boob lift, and leaving their husband for a female, just ask someone who works behind a coffee machine. <laughs> You're listening to the Bush Wanderlust podcast with hosts Ali Smith and Katie Watson. Hello, my name is Ali and welcome to a special episode of the Bush Wanderlust podcast to celebrate Mother's Day. Our opening audio clip is a taste of what's to come, but I'd like to start by giving a huge shout out to all the mums and mother figures who are listening. I hope you're having a happy and relaxing Sunday. And to my podcast partner, Katie Watson, who is a super mum of three, I have my fingers and toes crossed that you got to sleep in this morning. And of course, a happy Mother's Day to my mum, Rose. In fact, my mum and Katie's mum are normally the first to like our Bush Wanderlust social media posts. So thank you. We couldn't do it without you. Another amazing mum I'm lucky enough to know is a girl from Walgett named Katie Murray. She's a mother to four gorgeous young children, a generous and kick-ass small businesswoman, and she also happens to be one of my oldest and best mates. Katie's loyal, motivating, infectiously fun, the life of the party, and more often than not, the organiser of the party too. I reckon everyone needs someone like Katie in their lives. And I think the Murray children, Phoebe, Major, Adelaide and Minnie, have definitely hit the jackpot, scoring her as their mum. So it came as no surprise to me that the Burren Junction Country Women's Association would ask Katie to be the guest speaker at the town's beautifully restored School of Arts Hall to talk about her fast-paced city life before she took the plunge and packed up to move to Walgett in outback New South Wales and also about what inspired her to set up the gift, homewares and coffee shop Stones Throw. Stoners, as it's affectionately known, really has become so much more than just a shop. It's a social hub of activity, an accidental counselling booth for locals, the buzz of the main street, a beautiful place to escape, laugh and catch up, and the heartbeat of a resilient community which has copped more than its fair share of dust storms and drought. Thankfully, there's been some rain recently, but Katie and her awesome Stones Throw team are still busy brightening up people's days. We are keen to sit down with this Wonder Woman for a proper Bush Wanderlust chat soon, but thought it was a good day to share Katie's speech from the CWA event to not only celebrate wonderful and adaptable mums just like her, but also because the CWA is made up of so many mums who work tirelessly to make the bush a better place for us all to live. And as you know, the CWA ladies are always busy getting things done and multitasking. So you might hear a bit of rustling around and food preparation in the background of this recording because I definitely was not brave enough to ask the CWA to be quiet just for a podcast. So hopefully you'll manage with the sound and enjoy Katie's speech. She started off by thanking the CWA and holding up a card with the word laugh written on it. How could we not? I bought my um, laugh card. If I think that you're not laughing enough, I will hold this up and I'd appreciate it if you'd all just laugh. <laughs> to make me feel better. 
So well done to everybody who's involved in this hall because it's beautiful. And thank you to all the CWAs having me today. So, my very great friend, Ali Smith, who is now living in Spring Plains, first mentioned to me about this lunch when she said, Marcia Moore wants you to speak at Barron Junction. I was horrified, honestly, me, why? She must have had too many brandies for breakfast, I thought. <laughs> Gus, Ali's partner and Marcia's son, said, well, Katrina Roundtree did it once upon a time, so therefore, why shouldn't I? Well, this is ex exactly the reason why I should definitely not speak. Katrina Roundtree, an iconic television presenter, face of Getaway, 63.4K followers on Instagram. Yes, this is why Katie Murray from Walgett should not speak at Barron Junction. <laughs> Alas, Marcia called me directly and asked me to speak. Again, with the hidden thought that she'd had too many brandies for breakfast, I expressed my concern at her choice of speaker and said, Marcia, honestly, are you sure? Marcia, bless her, a little biased, said to me, Katie, I think you're amazing. You have all these children and you run a successful business. Okay, I thought, the drought has been broken on the land, but clearly it still exists at the Barron CWA and their selection of speakers. Lovely Marcia then told me that a lady called Margaret will call to discuss the details. Sure, I said. So then Margaret called me and told me a few details like where to come and how long to speak. And I said to Margaret, Margaret, is there anything in particular you'd like me to talk about? Poor Margaret at this stage hesitated for a second before saying to me, I'm really sorry, Katie. I've no idea who you are and what you do. <laughs> and I said exactly, exactly. Anyway, so the point of my rather long prelude is that my story isn't all that remarkable. So if you feel the need to take a little nap before lunch, I'm okay with that. I might even join you myself. Sorry, Margaret. It was more about loves. I will begin with the facts by way of introduction. My name is Katie Murray. I was a burn and I am the owner and manager of cafe retail space in Walgett called Stone's Throat. I'm wife to farmer Jay Murray and mother to Phoebe, Major Adelaide and Minnie Murray. I also haven't slept in six years. <laughs> I was born and raised in a farming community down south called Cootamundra. It's got smaller farms down there with hills and rocks and more consistent rainfall. I have two brothers and two sisters. My dad is a farmer. My grandmother and mother had dress shops of which I worked in most holidays growing up, probably being paid to do not much. I really hope my daughters work harder than I ever did. I was fairly shy, so I didn't love the customers. I wasn't interested in the clothes. I thought they were old and daggy. So I spent most of my time detangling coat hangers and doing mum's grocery shopping. I also wasn't your true blue farmer's daughter. Getting out, rock picking, driving tractors and doing dusty sheep work wasn't really for me. So in summing up, I was a pretty unremarkable teenager who just really wanted to read books on her bed. I did have a love for writing stories and I told my mother I wanted to write books. She promptly told me I couldn't make money doing that and I should become a journalist. I'm unsure what she knew about the prosperity of being a journalist either. So I was set on becoming a journalist for the first many years of my life. I even did my 10 year work experience at the Today Show where my claim to fame was meeting Richard Wilkins, but more importantly, the real life Mr Squiggle and his rocket ship. I'm unsure how I went from wanting to be a journalist to studying public relations at Bathurst University, but that's where I ended up. And of course, the best thing about university was just going to the pub with your mates. While studying PR at Bathurst, somehow we, we wrangled an unpaid work experience week with the event management crew organising the Bathurst 1000 motor car event. Not that I had the faintest interest in car racing, 
However, I did discover I loved the fast-paced atmosphere of a live event and all the adrenaline and excitement that goes with that. I loved being behind the scenes and seeing how everything was done and how everyone worked. At this moment, the seed was sown and my new passion was to find a way into the world of events. So I finished my degree and, of course, like all good children intent on not entering the workforce too soon, I toddled off and spent 18 months skiing and working in Whistler in Canada and travelled in between. I was a terrible skier, I still am, but I found myself working in busy apres ski bars where eating and drinking was cheap and life was fun in the world where you had no responsibilities. When I decided to come home, I'm not sure why I did, I headed down to Melbourne as one of my school friends was living and working down there and I heard the shopping was fabulous, so why not? My first job was marketing for an agribusiness who sold vegetable seeds, far from the dizzying heights of the event management world I'd hoped to get into. However, it paid the rent, so I churned out ads for vegetable seeds and waited my next move. Nine months later, I applied and was successful for a short-term position at the public relations team for the Victorian Racing Club surrounding the race that stops the nation, the Melbourne Cup. Yes, my first break into the industry I was dreaming of, the perfect job, I had made it, I was working on the race that stops the nation, I was in the headquarters, I was looking down the stretch of the most stunning racetrack in the world, I was hanging with the likes of Gay Waterhouse and Bart Cummings. Well, the bronze statues anyway. <laughs> now, the reality was, my job was actually glorified babysitting. Every year, the winners of the fashions on the field in each state win the trip of a lifetime down to Melbourne where they compete in the fashions on the fields at the Melbourne Cup amongst dozens, thousands of other young fillies. So here I was, waiting at the airport for my five interstate fashions of the field contestants. The ripe young age of 20, first visits to Melbourne, wallets full of cash, fake tans like tandoori chicken and breasts up to their eyeballs. I thought, hmm, I think I've got conned here. Anyway, so what did I do? I found the young, single, hot-blooded 25-year-old intern from the sponsorship team and asked him if he would mind keeping an eye on my charges for a couple of days while I explored the behind-the-scenes action of the Melbourne Cup. He was more than willing to take on the challenge. From here, I moved to my next job in the sports events industry, where I was working in the events team for a well-known sports management company in Melbourne. This is where I got to stretch my wings. I spent the next five years working long hours, working on various sporting events for the likes of Cricket Australia, Tennis Australia, the AFL, and surrounding iconic Australian sporting events, such as the AFL Grand Final, Boxing Day Tests, and the Australian Open, the State of Origin, etc., etc. I did move to Sydney within those five years, continuing with the same job. However, eventually the stress and the lack of financial incentive got the better of me. And I was searching for my next move when I came along my now husband, Jay, and I took the opportunity to jump on board the change in pace in my life. And I moved eight hours inland to this place called Walgett, where I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. Jay and I had actually known each other since school. And of course, there's a nice little love story there. It started in a pub, but maybe it's a story for another day. <laughs> I certainly couldn't work in the sports events industry in, in Walgett. I remember sitting at the pub in Sydney with some colleagues and we were watching the news and the weather came on. The screen actually listed Walgett with a record temperature of 48 point something degrees. My colleagues looked at me and said, isn't that where you're going? And I said, yes, that is me. <laughs> what to do? 
My mum, of course, who had worked in retail her whole life and who was running a gift shop in Griffith, New South Wales, said to me, why don't you just open a gift shop? You only have to cover your own wages, some power, some rent, just open Tuesday to Saturday from 10am till 4pm. Gosh, here I was, the career I never thought I would do, work in retail and become my mother. Sure, we'll give it a go. We did, and I'm thankful that the business went well enough for the first five years. When the opportunity arose, we moved into a bigger premise, installed a commercial kitchen and expanded our food size. This was a really exciting time for me, being able to create and design a new space I'd been dreaming of for many years. My poor husband, however, who was doing most of the building and the manual labour, could possibly disagree with me on that statement. In a way, opening a small business when I first moved to Walgett was a blessing as I got to know the local community very quickly. I will touch on how amazing the local community is shortly, but first, a few light-hearted tales about working in a coffee shop. Similar to a hairdresser, being in a coffee shop, we actually hear most of the community gossip first. So if you ever want to know who is engaged, who is pregnant, who is getting divorced, who is getting Botox, or even which member of the police force is getting a boob lift and leaving their husband for a female. Just ask someone who works behind a coffee machine. Okay, working in a coffee shop also gives you special power. This power is the ability to remember every single name and their coffee order. Rebecca from the tyre shop has a large long black with a splash of cold milk. Natalie from the police station has a large flat white skinny milk extra hot and one sugar. Brie, farmer's wife, has a small cappuccino on oat milk, except when she's pregnant, when she switches to a hot chocolate. Adam, the local sparky, has a black tea. Very boring. Jim, local farmer, has a caramel latte on soy with a dusting of chocolate. Don't forget the marshmallow. He does try not to order this in front of his fellow farming mates for obvious reasons. <laughs> The ability to remember names and coffee orders doesn't help when you're generally hopeless at recognising public figures and semi-famous faces. For example, one day last year, me, hello, what can I get for you today? Customer, can I please have a cappuccino? Me, yes, of course. In my head, thinking, this guy looks really familiar, he must be a farmer that doesn't come in very often, I'll just ask his name. Me again, can I please grab your name? Customer hesitating, clearing his throat. My name is Barnaby. <laughs> Me. Yes, of course it is. Inside my head, oh my God, I cannot believe I didn't recognise Barnaby Joyce standing in my shop, ordering a coffee. I should have actually asked him about his love child. <laughs> Other notable lapses of judgement on my end include classic country music star Shannon Knoll and rugby league great Freddie Fittler. Please, if you know anyone famous who's visiting Walgett and going to come to Stone's Throat, can you ask them to wear a name badge and a sign on their forehead saying, you should know my name. <laughs> we opened as a very small gift shop with takeaway coffee in March 2014. I think I was one year into an eight-year drought at this stage. Would I have opened up had I known that? God, no. But thank God I didn't know. I think many of us would have changed our lives if we saw that one coming. Or maybe we wouldn't have. It's an interesting question if you think about it. If you had known what was ahead of you at the start of that drought, would you have changed anything? I'm sure there are small things we all have done differently. However, most of us are in this room because we love where we live. We love our lifestyles. We love the people that surround us. 
and the communities they create. I think most of us would still have done this, what we did and stay and see it through. There is something so special about living in the country. It creates res resilience. Any community built on challenging times is just that. It is resilient. It also creates passion. Passion to fight just to come out the other side. It creates bonds. Bonding with those who have endured the same challenges as you have. It creates respect. Respect for those who have endured the times without fuss. They just get on with it. Actually, this is one of the biggest things I remember during all those years, and years and years of drought. The fact that everyone just got on with it. Farmers and small businesses owners who came into the shop were still all upbeat. They just kept saying it will rain one day. They just got on with the job. Of course, we talked about the rain, or lack thereof it, a lot, but there was nothing else to talk about. It was an all-consuming topic of conversation. The drought, the dust, the rain, repeat. However, I think it is important for all those farmers and small business owners to talk about it. They have to have some outlet. They had to be able to vent their frustrations to others around them to be reminded they weren't alone. I was honoured to be able to provide somewhere where this could happen all those years. Looking back on it now, it seems surreal. I still remember looking out the window on the way to town one day after it started raining in early 2020. The tears welled up in my eyes just seeing the granny that was spreading like a carpet on the sides of the road and through the paddocks. It had just been such a long time at looking at dust. So now, when they come in for a coffee and a chat, it's nice not to dwell on the dry. Since moving to Walgan and opening Stone Throw seven years ago, I've been lucky enough to have four healthy babies who are now between nine months old and my eldest about to turn six, who is attending St Joey's in Walgan. I'd say the biggest challenge I faced was learning how to juggle business and babies and how to be not, not to be growling at your husband in the process. I'm actually still learning, and if anyone's got any tips, please feel free to share. <laughs> I think what I've always known since the start, but it develops in so many different ways as your life and outlook changes, is that community is key. In the beginning, community was what made my business. It still does. The people that came in the door each and every day were the locals, before online was even a thing. Even during the long, hard years of drought, they were 100% the reason for my business staying open during these years. They are still the pivotal point for my business and what I'm always thankful for, first and foremost. Then, as you start having a family, they become your safety net, your outlet, your library of knowledge about the new world of newborns and toddlers. They become your children's friends, parents and your own friends. They are who you turn to when you need to offload the day's stresses. They are groups of people who work together to ensure our community events continue. They raise funds when it's needed and they raise awareness where it's needed. Community is why our regional towns, ex towns exist, but it's also why we all continue to stay. This hall is the perfect example of how a community has band together to restore a piece of its heritage. The ongoing work of the Bar and Junction CWA and the CWAs across the board need to be thanked for the work they do to help our communities. We should So I would like to thank you all for having me today, enduring the last 20 minutes or so listening to my story, and if someone could wake up Ola Aileen at the back of the wall, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Bush Wanderlust podcast. 
If you fancy a shop or are keen to support a small bush business, stonesthrowonline.com.au is the place for you. Or give them a follow on social media. They are hilarious. And if you enjoyed listening today, please hit subscribe, share with a friend or leave a comment. And happy Mother's Day to all the past, present and future mums and all the wonderful mother figures in our lives. Have a great day.